So on behalf of Auckland Insights, I just wanted to say a huge welcome to everyone. Welcome to all of you, wherever you came from today, to our new temporary sangha or community here at Temuata. And we're quite an international sangha again this time. We have people from the U.S., from Australia, from all over Aotearoa, from Invercargill in the south, and I think Waipu is the furthest in the north. And so I wanted to start by saying a huge thank you to the team, Auckland Insight volunteers, and particularly to Wendy, wherever you are, for coordinating all the rides and the registration, and, and Liz too, just keeping track of so many of the practical details that it takes to get all of us here on this retreat. It takes a huge amount of uh, time and energy to make all that happen. So I just wanted to really thank you for that effort. And I know many of you have been here before. I have been here quite a few times now, and I'm just really enjoying being back on this land and in the capable hands of the Temuata service team, as you heard, Paul and Annalena and Kate and Al and the volunteers. We know, I know from the inside how much time and effort it takes to support a retreat like this. It can look very simple and smooth, I think that in a way that's one of the downsides that experienced managers make it look too easy so you don't actually realize all the different practicalities that have to be taken into account. So just appreciating the team at Temuata too. And for this retreat, I'm particularly delighted to be here with these two beings, Willa and Elizabeth from Kihikihi Meditation and Yoga, and I think most of you probably know them. Some of you may not. The same is true for me. So I thought I'd just say a little bit about my background, where I'm coming from, so to speak. And then I'll hand over to Willa and Elizabeth to offer the same. So just, you know, you can hear from my accent that I'm not originally from New Zealand, but I've been here since the age of 10 and... I'm now based in Tamaki Makoro, Auckland, but I spent quite a long time working and practicing in retreat centers and monasteries in Australia, in the US, in the UK. So I've um, spent time in the Blue Mountains Insight Meditation Center in New South Wales, which is how I know two or three of you here from Australia. And I've also spent a few years on staff at the Insight Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts, which in some ways is a kind of a mothership for our, I say tradition in quotation marks because it's not that old, but actually since the 1970s, that center was set up by Joseph Goldstein, Jack Cornfield, Sean Salzberg, and Jacqueline Schwartz Mandel. Some of you may know those people, and it was through being at uh, IMS that I got to be in the Insight Teacher Training with Joseph Goldstein and Gil Fransdell. So I mention that because that's just a little snapshot in a way as the lineage or the ancestry or the tradition that I've mostly been involved in. And it's just slightly different from, it's, you could say it's a different strand of Theravada Buddhism from where Willa and Elizabeth uh bring their lineages. And one of the things I'm very looking forward to, much looking forward to on this retreat, is weaving together these different strands. Um, and then I think that's going to make this retreat quite unique. So I'll leave it there for now and just hand over to Willer and Elizabeth to introduce themselves and say whatever feels relevant for you. Okay, so yes, so Elizabeth and I, we come out of a, in a, out of a different strand of practice, 
of course, we all share the fundamental ground of practice, but we come out of slightly different lineages. So some of the fun will be in how these two map together to really bring the kind of richness of both. So um, myself, I'm, I started out in formal practice, in Buddhist formal practice, down in Stokes Valley Monastery. Many of you will know it in the early 80s, and then went to Thailand to Lumpur Cha, Ajahn Chah, as many know, of you know him, to his monastery and the, um, the monastery alongside that where those that weren't Thai went to practice where teaching was in English. So, and then from there was kind of kicked out to England, which is where I took up robes, and practice primarily a Titus monastery, which some of you know, and some are going to. Yeah. So I come out of a training in really community practice and in a practice that's really grounded in Four Noble Truths in the, um, in the sense of the Buddha knowing the Dhamma. So with a broad use of scriptural texts, but a great emphasis on daily living, on, in a way, right relationship to others, to ourselves, to the world around us. And has a whole emphasis on anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, so the cultivation of the loveliness of breath as part of becoming deeply embodied and present. Just a little taste of, you know, where we come in from. Yeah, so currently I'm living with Elizabeth down in Kihikihi. So that's a bit south of Hamilton, down on the southern edge of the Waikato. Yeah. Can you hear me? Um, It's so lovely to be here and it's it's always, uh, Willa and I teach together and that's an honour for me as well and to teach with Jill is also an honour and a great um, thrill. I love it. Um, We teach together in different ways. Jill tends to have the ideas and then brings us in on it. (laughs) Does the thinking and the work and then we come in. (laughs) Um, So lovely to be here. So Willa's given a little bit of a sense of our lineage um, just to say, for, so I'm from Australia and um, so we're cousins, except when it comes to sport and politics, I believe. But <laughs> from my side, we're cousins. Um, I started to practice kind of intensely, mostly at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, which is a place you may never have heard of <laughs> in Melbourne, but it's also where I met Jill um, a long time ago. And at that time, there was a resident uh, monk from Sri Lanka. He'd run the, he was the abbot of the forest hermitage in Kandy. Um, so Sri Lankan forest tradition initially. And, uh, and that was my grounding. I was raised in Buddhism by older Sri Lankan folk. Uh, it was just wonderful. Um, and in, in some ways, I'm reluctant to, to teach. Um, I, I teach for my living. <laughs> I'm an academic. Um, but um, it was it was Bhante Rikita, that first teacher of mine, who who first prompted me to do some teaching, and and then I ended up going across to Amravati and Chithurst monasteries. That's where I met Willa, um, and uh, was in robes there for some time, and came back out in two thousand and seven. So I loved the time in community there. It was a kind of robust time in that community, and um, what you learn in a in a Buddhist practice community is he um, stays with you really. So uh, I get a real sense of the importance of connectivity in the practice, yeah. So a sangha like this is very, very supportive for practice, isn't it? Um, I'm also very interested in, in bringing the kind of Buddhist teachings into the vernacular, yeah. So you might find me lapsing into all sorts of metaphors and examples, but um, I remember when I first started practicing, someone saying, when are you going to learn Pali? And I remember thinking, I've got to learn another language in order to break free, I, I, 
I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I think it's really helpful to to pick up a bit of Pali. It can help you to get a feeling for some of the teachings. But um, as Ajahn Chah, our lineage holder, would say, the the heart is the teacher. Yeah. So very heartening to be here with you all practicing. So thank you both for being here and thank you to all of you for being here too. And I thought just to take a minute to really let that in. We are here. We made it. I don't know how it was for you, but once again I was struck in getting ready for this retreat and just struck by how much effort it takes to extricate oneself from the complexities and the demands of our everyday life, how much effort it takes to try and live more simply. It's kind of a paradox in some ways. And I was also struck by all the different causes and conditions that have to come together to make this retreat possible. And I mentioned, you know, I acknowledged a few different people, but even beyond the different people who support this retreat, there are so many other conditions that have to come together for any of us to be here today. And just to put that in perspective a little bit, when I set up the registration for this retreat, we've had since that time 23 cancellations. And I mentioned that just to get a sense of, there were 23 other people who wanted to be here and for various reasons have had to withdraw. So it could be family issues or health problems or visa challenges. And I name that just to put it in context, how fortunate each one of us is to actually be here today. It's a pretty rare, precious opportunity to be on retreat, particularly a slightly longer one like this for two weeks. So just to appreciate that. And then just in terms of what we'll be doing for the rest of this evening, I'm going to give a a quick review of kind of the practicalities, the retreat structure now. And then Elizabeth will offer some Dhamma reflections. We'll start orienting us to what we're doing here, the deeper purpose. And then Willow will lead a relatively short meditation just to close the evening. So we have the intention of finishing this evening reasonably early because I think many of you have been traveling. Many of you have had a busy time preparing for this retreat. So Just out of compassion, we're going to keep it relatively short and succinct. So in a way, what we're trying to encourage is a gentle transition into arriving here. So we can think of this next 24 hours as an exploration of right effort and to notice what's the attitude that we're bringing as we enter into this retreat and to see if we can release any tendency to bring a little too much force into that entry. And we'll be saying a lot more about how to approach these first few days of the retreat tomorrow. So for now, just a quick orientation to the structure. So as you may have seen on the schedule, we're going to have three practice sessions, instruction sessions. So 9 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the afternoon, 7.30 at night. That's when we'll give instructions, guided meditations, talks and so forth. Really encourage you all to attend those. And then in between, there's the standard rhythm of sitting and walking. And you'll see the schedule posted outside. Most afternoons in the... Uh, carpeted room next door, I'll offer some mindful movement just to bring some ease to the body. It will be some very simple, gentle stretches to, as I said, bring ease to the body and to keep deepening mindfulness of the body. 
And the whole, most of the sequence is done lying down, if that's any incentive, <laughs> opportunity to lie down. And it should be suitable for all body types, all ages, all degrees of flexibility. So we have a space for that every afternoon. And every third session, instead of mindful movement, we're going to offer uh, opportunity for questions and reflections. So we'll have two sessions of mindful movement, and then the third one will be Q&R in here. And we'll endeavor to remind you when that happens each time. So in terms of meetings with the teachers, we are going to start with small group meetings on Monday, the day after tomorrow. So tomorrow you have a full day to settle in. And then on Monday afternoon at 3.15, we'll break into three small groups and each group will meet one of us three teachers. And again, we'll post that information on the board. And then from Tuesday, we'll start the individual practice meetings. So each of you will have three meetings in total, one with each of us three teachers. And those will be happening in our cottages, which are up the hill, uh, Nanook and Phoenix. And again, we'll say more about where they are and the purpose of those meetings when we get closer to the time. So those are the different components of the retreat. And as you know, all of it is held in what's traditionally known as noble silence. And what makes the silence noble is that it's, it's a kind of a gift that we offer to each other and also to ourselves. It's a gift of space, of spaciousness. And it allows us to settle more fully into the simplicity of just being here with ourselves. And I think of this really as a practice of getting to know ourselves better. You could think of it as a process in the silence of befriending ourselves. So that when we come out of the silence, we're in a better place to befriend others more fully too. So the spirit and the intention of this noble silence is really grounded in non-harming. And that supports an environment of kindness and of trust and of respect and of mutual safety. And all of these powerfully support the retreat container that we're actually co-creating together. In terms of non-harming, we're going to be making that formal commitment to non-harming, expressing it through the ethical precepts, and we'll take those together tomorrow night. So just for the next 24 hours, we're orienting you to that intention of non-harming, of kindness, of friendliness, really as supports for that more embodied knowing of our experience. So noble silence, as you know, is obviously refraining from talking to each other, but also not using our phones or other uh, devices. And tomorrow afternoon we'll have an opportunity to relinquish those in a short uh, ceremony. Noble silence also includes not reading and not writing. So we're really unplugging from the outside world, starting to relinquish some of that busyness and more fully arriving into the simplicity of just being here, just being present with what is. So we'll be saying more about all of that as the um, sessions unfold. I think hopefully that's enough just to orient you to what we're doing here. And I think we can hand over now to... Elizabeth, unless there's any questions or anything I've missed. Okay. Okay, so over to you.
Is this supposed to stick up like this? No, that's supposed to go down. Just passed the first IQ test. <laughs> Thank you. With Jill's help. <laughs> so, as Jill said, we're, we're here. We've arrived. <laughs> I think we know that's not entirely the case, though, is it? We're still arriving. <laughs> and it may take us a couple of days to arrive. Okay. Um, I would invite you now. We've heard... Um, you know, we've met the, the wonderful service team. You've had time to, you know, park your cars and set up into where you're staying and all of that. And it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of adjustment, settling in, hearing, you know, the guidelines, the, the health and safety and all the things we need to know about. But it's a lot at the end of a day that's probably taken you a lot to get here, yeah? trying to stop stop the fire hose of information and work and everything just for two weeks and, and the amount that it takes to do that. So I'd invite you now just to shift mode slightly and perhaps just listen softly from the whole body. You know, when we're listening and taking in information, sometimes we're, our energy's out, out forward or up. And there's a strain in that. So... Just invite you to be as comfortable as you can in your body. And just as the rain's falling through our conscious awareness, yeah, just let what you're hearing rest gently through your being. You'll filter out what doesn't work for you so you can relax. Yeah, yeah what it takes to settle into a simple way of living, huh? We've heard some of the stories of some of your arrivals. Yeah. Some of you leaving you know, a mother unwell in hospital or indeed having lost a beloved companion, a beloved dog. Yeah. Leaving partners for a couple of weeks, organizing someone to look after your chicken, there's all sorts of things that we've had to do to get here. And as Jill said, only about half of the people who expressed an interest have been able to actually be here. So in a way, this is a unique and special gathering, isn't it? You got here. We all got here. And what have we got here for? Yeah. We have two weeks together in this beautiful place, yeah? a place that's held so um, compassionately by the team here. Where I'm staying, there's a photograph of one of the founders, Annie, and I feel very tenderly toward her, though I've never met her, for the love and the care that's gone into creating a space like this that's resonating with a particular kind of energy, yeah? compassion and practice. And this is what we can settle into, you know, this gathering of people to focus around teachings of the Buddha. And there was another gathering, not altogether dissimilar from this one. It was about 20 centuries ago, though, so it was a little while ago. <laughs> not entirely unlike this, around about a thousand plus arahants spontaneously gathered hmm, to be in the presence of the Buddha. And you might say, well, where's the Buddha? Where's the arahants? <laughs> uh, we, we have something in common with that group. You know? We're gathering as people who've heard that there's suffering and that suffering has a cause and that it ceases and that there's a path for that. You know, we've heard that just as they had. And the Buddha, although there was the historical figure, the Buddha's here in us all, right? The one who knows, the awakened one. There's nowhere else to go to find that but in here. 
And so what did the Buddha say to this gathering, this spontaneous gathering of thousand plus arahants? Can you imagine that? Imagine sitting there in that luminous group. Mm. And the Buddha's teaching, or we might call it exhortation to them, his urging to them, was this. He said, let go of the unwholesome. Cultivate the good, the wholesome. Purify the mind. This is the teaching of all Buddhas, past, present, future. Letting go of the unwholesome, cultivating the wholesome, purifying the chitta, the heart-mind. This is the teaching right there. And what do we mean by the unwholesome, letting go of the unwholesome? You know, sometimes from different heritages and thought and religious traditions, we can pick that up already as an implicit judgment. Oh, God, I'm unwholesome. I'm holding unwholesome things. I'm somehow wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) Doing bad stuff, sneaky stuff, stuff I'll have to hide from everyone else. (laughs) These thoughts, these attitudes. Or we can pick it up in the sense of, well, what's the good that I'm cultivating? What's that? What's the wholesome? That which leads toward freedom and the unwholesome that which leads to suffering simple cause and effect and purifying the chitta staying at home here in the present moment with what is That's the work, isn't it? So we're all here and we're continuing to arrive and that arrival will take the time it takes. And we have space for that and time for that. For the feelings of discomfort, for the losses, whatever's there that we're we're sitting with right now, we have space for it. It's welcome. The Buddha taught out of compassion and we can really resonate, we can pick up on that and we can practice with compassion. And that starts here in the heart for this being, one's own being. So we settle into this practice like we might be Gently slipping into a thermal pool, lovely warm pool that embraces us and warms us through and through. We're not hamsters on a treadmill, at least not now, (laughs) now that we're here. Uh, We're not running in circles, are we? We're here in this moment and we can allow ourselves time and space to really open into this moment. It's actually all we've got. Mm -hmm. We never have tomorrow or yesterday. They're just thoughts in the mind, right? We only have this moment. And this is where waking up happens, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't need special qualifications, degrees, trainings, to sit here now and be present. For most of us, the motivation is to get free from suffering, to wake up. And this is something we can do moment to moment. We don't need to get ahead of ourselves and think our way through this one. 
we just remember that we have a body. <laughs> the body is a great resource and support for the practice. As the Buddha has reminded us that you touch Nibbana with the body. So can we allow ourselves to settle into the body, come more and more fully into the here and now? We can let go ideas of what we should do and must do on this retreat, goals and outcomes. Just open up. Present moment can be a very surprising place. And so we have this understanding that there's suffering. That there's cessation of suffering and there's a path. And that very understanding is the first factor, first path factor. So already, here we are, practicing the Noble Eightfold Path. By the sheer fact of our motivation to be here, to wake up. And then there's that intention, right intention to refrain from harming any being, refrain from cruelty, practice renunciation. Well, we'll know more about renunciation when it's time to hand in the phones, right? (laughs) Making time to come away. These are ways of practicing renunciation. Letting go of thoughts of judgment of ourselves, that's renunciation, renouncing that, letting it go. So we start practicing non-harm right here. If we have critical thoughts of ourselves or others, we see, oh, I think that's harming and I'm cultivating non-harm. Let that one go. Come back to present moment awareness. And then that's a process of right effort. And it takes mindfulness to maintain that. So before we know it, the eight factors of the path unfolding right here, right now in the present. Mm. So let us not bring ideas about all of the complicated things we've got to do to get free and awakened. You just drop all of that, let that go. Mm. And we settle into the warmth of the present moment. And that's how we'll be practicing together for this this time together. Mm. Picking up on the Buddha's radical, radical teaching that there's suffering. That's already something that takes quite a lot to really recognize. There's suffering, the causes of suffering, and the pathway out. We'll be sharing that intention, that focus, and that practice together. Mm -hmm. So it's an absolute delight to be here on that inward path with you all. Let us come up into standing. So one of the fundamental things is to really come into the experience of body, 
to ground ourselves, to feel ourselves here. Yeah? So as we're standing, really feeling the weight as the feet meet the whenua. Yeah? And feel yourself being met. Yeah? Your feet meeting the earth, this precious place we're at. Feeling yourself standing here in this field of waking up beings. So if you keep your eyes open for a minute, just really notice where you are and who you're with. Yeah? So that our practices are not about closing down, but actually opening up and waking up to what is here. Yeah? So that you know, we really feel those around us and beside us as precious, our support, our encouragement in this practice. You know, we're not standing like one tree on a windy hill. We're actually standing in a forest. So let your body feel that. You can feel your feet rooted to the whenua and you can feel yourself in this forest of beings. And as we move through the retreat, we stay in relationship here and with all around us. Yeah. We're not so that our heart stays generous, kind, connected. Yeah. So feeling the whole body standing here. Yeah. And just notice what it's like. Notice if there's any tension in this precious vehicle of ours, yeah, making sure the knees are relaxed. You know, the puku, the um, abdomen is relaxed, the small of the back is relaxed. Letting this body come into alignment, let the shoulders be open and free, let the breath be free. Yeah. Stand here, letting the body really arrive. Feel yourself here. Feel a whole breath in the body. Mm. Yeah. Nowhere else we need to be. We are here. Yeah. Can you feel the breath in your fingertips? in your feet. The whole body is alive with breath energy, with prana, with life itself. We're really opening awareness to receive what is here. It's more vast than we can imagine. This body surrounded by the vastness of space in this beautiful night. It's really connecting to being here. Feeling the rain falling all around this room. So the heart's gesture is of opening, attuning, receiving. 
and we feel the body fully alive with that. Every bit filled with awareness. And keeping that gathering energy, we can come down into a short sitting. So we're establishing a posture that supports presence, supports mindfulness. Yeah. So feeling the body grounded on the earth. Just the very weight and firmness of that. We're just the kind of hereness of the body. And then feeling the torso rising up from the hip girdle. Yeah. Really letting the shoulders relax after all the work they have done. Yeah. So that the front of the body can relax and be open. Letting the bellows of the body, let the breath just come and go. The breath takes us inward. Into the vast inwardness. And as we sit, just feeling in the titta, in the heart, what it feels like to have started to arrive. To put down all the things of our day-to-day world that we have to carry. And really recognize we have this Precious holiday for the heart. Mm. We're in the space, protected, taken care of, mm. drinking this arriving in.
as we sit, just attuning to this heart, these precious hearts, and to the whatever feelings of gratitude and appreciation are there. Appreciation for our own effort and commitment that brought us here. Gratitude for the other beings that have joined us. And this waking up. Gratitude for Fano, family, friends, work communities that have made it possible for us to be here. Mm. Mm. On and on, the people that have fixed the roads enough that we could even arrive. Built the buildings that will be cooking the food, the great web of life and care we dwell in. Let that sense of gratitude, quality of medita, the joy, really be felt through the whole of our bodies. And then with this gesture outward, we radiate out a sense of thankfulness. May all these beings benefit from this time of cultivation. May they be freed out of fear freed out of hostility. May they have peace and well-being. And may they not be parted from their own good fortune.
so lovely to be gathered with you all. We have optional morning practice first thing tomorrow. Yeah, and as Jill and Elizabeth have been saying, the encouragement is really to find out what you need to be doing you know, for your own welfare and happiness, you know, for your own cultivation in the morning. Some of you have made really big journeys or had very stressful gettings away. So the encouragement is to really do what sets you up for this time of retreat. We're not keeping lists and ticking off things and giving gold stars, so... No? No gold stars. So anything else with that? Sweet dreams. <laughs> right. So the first time um, that it would be good for us all to gather is nine o'clock tomorrow morning in here. Yeah? So...